Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequal. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. What a crazy couple days it has been, and technically, the new league year hasn't even begun. Johnsy, you just surviving? Yeah, we're fine. That's right. That that big trade. Yeah. Number one to number nine. DJ Moore coming to town. Not quite official. But if you look at the the salary cap pages, spoke track or over the cap, he's there. Adam, he's yeah. there. No, these things are these things these things are real. They they they've to, definitely to happened. The, to the point where the Bears own website is citing ESPN. NFL Network and various other reports. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Larry Mayer. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's a tough position to be in. But um, uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Hopefully, you already are, and um, you've been following along with all the news and analysis as it has been breaking. We got a busy show for you today. Joe Biscalia, who's been on the podcast before from Buffalo, jumping on to tell us about Tremaine Edmonds. We'll also hear from Zach Berman, who as well he's been on the show. Before, from Philly, he will tell us about TJ Edwards. We'll try to figure out where the linebacker pieces are, are going to fall. Um, and uh, also, Northwestern's Pro Day was today. Was it like old times, there. Adam Hogue? I didn't see, I didn't see you there, you, Johns. It was weird. You and, you and Fitz? I was not there. I was home. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the former sideline reporter. You almost had to go by, like, rule. I do, and I do love going there because there's so many people I I enjoy talking to there and am friendly with, and um, try to learn as. Plus, it helps to share that they have four draftable players and two that could go in the first two rounds, including one in the top ten. So a lot of lot of interesting stuff. Plus, pretty much every member of the Bears organization was there today. Too. Yeah, let's let's go over that. So Ryan Poles, yeah, was that Jeff King that I see with him? Yes, um, Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus. I mean, really, the Chris entire, Morgan, uh, Chris Morgan, John Hoke. Um, I, those were the main two coaches that were there because, like, Chris Morgan worked out. Uh, Skrosky. Oh, I blanked okay. out his name for a second. Uh, yeah, it's like so. Don't do that. I know. The. I mean, essentially what happened today was the Bears ran the pro day. Their scouting staff, their coaches, they ran everything. And so they got there up close. And then meanwhile, Flus and Poles were just sort of watching, talking to Fitz and hanging out and getting insight. Travis Smith, defensive line coach? Yes. Yes, I believe he was uh, 
also running the uh, defensive line drill with that Adetamo Adebore, who could be a legitimate target at three technique for the Bears. So can we so can we pencil him in for the second round and Skronsky in at number nine? Yes, that would be a, That's a it. We're classic done. Adam Johns mock draft. But it's not far-fetched, Adam Hogan. Don't forget about Cam Mitchell from Bolingbrook somewhere in the late rounds. I forgot that Cam Mitchell picked off Justin Fields in the Big Ten Championship game a couple years ago. He had he reminded me of that. And then as he explained it, or he took me through the play, I was like, oh, yeah, that happened right in front of me. I remember now. It's a really nice play. Um, so, yeah, it was fun being there today. You're making Any fun question? of me for the Skronsky pick, but, like, I'm not would, making you do it number, would you do it at number nine? I just lo- know how much you love it. Chicago high school football, so it's just <laughs> it's just funny. No, you're talking about two guys. But, but, that I, I, but I wouldn't mock a guy if it wasn't worth the pick. Mock draft the guy, not mock. Yeah, the mock guy. draft the guy. Yes. You would mock the guy if he was not worth the pick. Um, I like him. I, I have the same reaction to this arm length stuff that Fitz did today when he was asked about it, which is to laugh. Because the guy, the guy's film just says he's a left tackle. He's just, and all these people who have never really watched him play are like, ah, his arms are short. And I don't think that's what's happening with NFL teams now. Will NFL teams knock them, him down a little bit on their board because of that? Maybe, maybe they have Paris Johnson first because of that. But the reality is, you're talking about a guy who's faced a lot of really good rushers. Some guys who are going to get drafted in the first round this year too, who has been a stud at left tackle from the moment he got there at Northwestern. And I it's just sometimes sometimes you got to trust the tape. Now, what's interesting to me, Johns, is between Skaronsky and Adebore, they're, they're, they're sort of polar opposites when it comes to that exact thing I just talked about, which is with Skaronsky, it's trust the tape. Teams are... This is some stuff I learned today, actually, just from being there. Teams are a little torn on what to do with at a Tomo Atabore because he apparently like from the time Northwestern season season ended, a lot of teams had him as an undrafted free agent. And then all of a sudden he shows up at the senior bowl and looks awesome. And then he goes to the combine and he sets records. And that's like, well, wait a minute. What do we do with this? And so I think a lot of teams there today were very interested to Talk to him and try to figure this out because that's a tough thing to figure out if the tape doesn't really back up what he's done since the season ended. It's a case where the tape doesn't match the testing. So here's my question for you, Mr. Northwestern. Yeah. Did he play, I don't want to say out of position, but was he doing things, were his roles at Northwestern, on that defense, on that line, different than what he would project as in the NFL? I think so, and here's the answer to that question because I've been asked that a lot. It's Northwestern had to play him all over the line, sort of out of necessity, especially the last two seasons. And then when, and part of the reason why you do that as a defensive coordinator is to try to create better matchups because if you let's just say they he's our three technique, we're gonna put him here. We don't have a lot of talent around him. Well, they're just going to double him the whole game, the whole game, right? So you got to move him around to try to get him 
better matchups. And I don't know at the end of the day if that ends up putting the best tape together because he's still getting the most focus wherever he's lining up. And so I think the gamble that teams need to, to make here with, with him is, okay, but we know he can test off the charts, and we think if we just put him at three technique and let him be that, he can excel and, and continue to grow. Now, the makeup for both of these kids is outstanding. Skaronsky and Adebore, um, they're, they're the type of, you know, they're going to check whatever Bears character box is they need to check. That's not even going to be a question. Um, and one interesting thing I didn't know till today is Adetamoa is actually finishing his degree right now while all this pre-draft stuff's going on. What's he getting it in? Uh, now, that's a question I didn't follow up and ask. This is why you should have been there. Where were you? <laughs> At home. You can probably find that up on Northwestern's website. But um, I was just impressed that he's he had one quarter left to go, and he's still... He's still working on that degree to finish it during all the draft stuff because most guys are just like, I'm focused on getting drafted. And so, you know, there's no character concerns with either one of those guys. Well, I think the question for him and for the Bears is like, how far does he rise? Right? Does he does he sneak into the high, the early second round? Because right now you're, you're the Bears. You have three picks. You count the 64th, which is, which is essentially a second rounder. Mm-hmm. Three picks in a 12-pick range where you could take a guy like that, where you would probably want a guy like that, or do you package them to move up to get your future three technique because you know how important it is to your defense? So before today, I I would have said I would have thought he would have been gone by 53. 53. By 53. Um, but hearing some of the information I got today just how – teams weren't as high on him, you know, just a few months ago tells me that maybe he's still a third round pick and maybe we're just, this happens. Like guys get, end up getting overhyped because of what they do in January and February. And you still got to come back to the full grade, which is what these teams do and why they put so much effort into it. So, uh, it's a tough question. If I'm the bears and he's still there, number 64, your whatever have you pick your second yeah. round, third rounder. Well, they Absolutely have like three pick. picks right around there. Yeah. yeah. So you have three picks and 12 pick range. Yeah. It's Take a them. tough one to f- figure out though. Um, but yeah, so it was fun at Northwestern's pro day, especially considering all the noise the bears made yesterday. Were you like watching them as we get into the free agency discussion here? Were you like keeping an eye on them? Is Are they on the phone? Any moves coming? Yeah, well, well, Flus ran out of there at one point, and I was like, "What's happening? What's happening?" Turned out he was just going to that block courage ward, uh, which also explained that. why he was out. He outdressed every single person there. Yeah, when I when I saw the pictures there, I'm like, "Oh, yeah. he's really dressed up for this." Yeah, I was, um, I was impressed. I can't find his major. I was looking for his major on his bio page. Yeah, usually they put that on here, unless I'm just not seeing it, but um. Really smart kid. You know his brother, Adetamo's brother, is a uh, five-star recruit at Oklahoma right now? Really? Yeah, he just he just started there in the, with the spring semester, joining spring practices. So a lot of athleticism in that, um, in that family. All right, should we talk about the free agents? Let's get it. I know get people are it. waiting on that. So um, we'll start with this. How about TJ Edwards? The first move the Bears made just minutes after... 
The clock started. Was was it the first soon to be signing announced? I think it was. It may have been. It may have been the first signing. You're talking about in the entire league? Yeah. I, I think yeah. it was the first one to, to come out. You might be right. Oh, cool. Um so yeah. TJ Edwards, Zach Berman. Does a great job covering the Eagles. And uh we're bringing him in now to talk about the new Bears linebacker and trying to figure out where he's going to play. Zach Berman. All right, let's bring in our guy, Zach Berman, who covers the Eagles for the Athletic. You should already be following him on Twitter, hopefully, at ZBurn. But if you're not, that's where you go. What's up, Zach? Thanks for jumping on with us. Absolutely. A lot less busy than than you guys. The Eagles are only losing players. The Bears seem to be adding one every minute. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's what the- happens when you have... <laughs> That's what happens when you're the worst team in the league. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess this that's the whole point of the salary cap uh situation, right? It's the good teams are gonna have to shed some players and but so that's where we'll start, Zach, because it's always like the first question I think we have to ask anytime uh you know any team signs a free agent is why is that player available? And in the case of TJ Edwards, I think he's one of the rare cases of uh, just a young player that probably overperformed his contract and is on a team that, you know, ha- you know, has to make some tough decisions right now. And and certainly for what the bears, I think paid for him. I, well, you tell us, what did you think about it? Because I think the view here in Chicago is okay. This one makes sense. Yeah. That was a factor. What you said, the, the fact that the Eagles have a, a lot of players that they're paying and they can't keep all these free agents. Another part of it's the position that TJ that that TJ Edwards plays. The Eagles don't pay linebackers. It's it's just kind of a, a philosophical, uh, organizational thing that they have, and it's it's been it's been that way now for almost two decades. And that's so TJ is the type of player that the Eagles would love to keep in the sense that he's homegrown. You know, he came as an undrafted player, was a special teams guy, was a reserve, became a starter. Uh, respected in the locker room, kind of does everything the right way, but the Eagles aren't going to pay money for a linebacker relative to a defensive lineman or a corner. So the contract was actually reasonable for his ability. It's just where the Eagles are putting their money right now, that's not the position. So what are the Bears getting in Edwards? He, he led the Eagles last year in tackles. I'm sure they like that, but like on the field, the nuance of the game, what are the yeah. Bears getting in Edwards? They're getting like a really smart linebacker. Who knows who knows where to be, who can play the run, who can play the pass, who can do everything you want except run really fast, right? Like that's that's the best way I can explain it. He he doesn't have track speed. You're you're sacrificing some ath- ath- athleticism when he's on the field. Uh, but the other way I can explain it is for the past three years, the Eagles tried to sign guys to play over him, or tried to draft guys to play over him, and. TJ was better than everyone they brought in, whether it was a third round pick, whether it was a free agent, it didn't matter. TJ Edwards outplayed all those guys. It's not a coincidence that basically at the end of every season, TJ Edwards has been starting. And it got to the point where in 2021, the Eagles were like, all right, he's our starter, right? He's, he deserves to be on the field. And that's why last season he was on the field throughout the you know, throughout the year. He was a starter week one to the Super Bowl, and it was the best defense they had in his four years here. Uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. He he he'll be in the right spot. He can. He was a Mike linebacker for the Eagles. I imagine after signing Edmonds, he'll be more of a will in Chicago. You guys know that better than I do. 
but he can he can defend the pass. You, I mean, he can make plays on the ball. He can do a, a lot of things that you like. Uh, but he's just uh, uh, he's he, he's not fast. He, he he's not a track guy. So how does so, he make up for that? Sorry, Adam. Like, how does he make up for that? Is it his instincts? Is it his study habits? Is it just the yeah the instincts, behind a great you know, defensive line? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, I I would say all of the above. I've spoken to uh, coaches in the past who say you can have a four four guy, and if if uh, if he's a, a a tick slower in the mind, then TJ is going to get there faster. And you and and we have seen that. I mean, I mean, they have they had a third round pick a few years ago, Davion Taylor, who just a, a gifted athlete in, in terms of how quickly he runs, but. He just he he didn't process it on the field as quickly as TJ, and that's why TJ played over him. So I, I think he compensates for it by knowing where to be. And there's I I know you wrote about this, Adam. There's a lot of similarities between him and Jack Sanborn in terms of like the way they play, not just their high school coach, but in terms and and not just their college, but in terms of the way they play on the field. They're both smart cerebral players. Well, and that's the interesting dynamic of what you were talking about earlier. How the Eagles are trying to sign guys to basically start over Edwards and he kept proving him wrong. It almost feels like that's what's happening here with uh, them signing Edwards to play over Sanborn, who we, I think all penciled in as a starter. I guess he'll still technically be the starting Sam, but um, let's get back to where he's going to play because I think you're right with what you said earlier. I, th- I think, I think it's going to be Tremaine Edmonds in the middle with TJ Edwards at the will from what you know, and from what you've seen, did he move around within the Eagles scheme? It, what do you think he can make? that transition without that top four, four speed that you're talking about? I think he can't play the will. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he has, I guess to answer your question over the past few years, he has moved around cause they've, they've had a handful of, of, of different linebackers on, on, on the field, but I think he can play that. I think him playing the Sam, I probably wouldn't do that. And again, I don't know the Chicago off, I'm sorry, the Chicago defense as well as you guys do, but I think he can play both linebacker spots. He's, 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 Smart enough, quick enough. I mean, he's, he's not a bad athlete. He's just he's not a four four guy. He was a four seven guy or thereabouts coming out of Wisconsin. How did he get better o- over four years? Like, how did he go from like I guess where did you see the progress the most to go from this undrafted guy to now taking starting reps to being your starter for an entire year who doesn't leave the field? Yeah, so part of it, it I mean, he, he would tell you he's he's gotten quicker and, you know, his 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 body's gotten better. I frankly think he was ready to play from the time he got here, which you, which you don't usually say for an undrafted player, but the fact that he was uh he was undrafted and in that first training camp, you could see this guy's better than some of the guys they already had. And he got better just by playing. Uh his instincts were better. You know, I, I talked to their their linebackers coach last year who said that kind of the next step for him was more plays on the ball. He he had at Wisconsin, I think, seven interceptions or, 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 or thereabouts. So uh, more plays on the, on the ball is something that they thought he, he could make, and that comes, you know, with with knowing where it's going, with the instincts. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that I think just more experience, um, that's that's where he got better more than anything else. So where do the Eagles go from here? I mean, they're losing guys. Hargraves out. Uh, I mean, lose the Super Bowl, and now they're kind of in a tough spot. But I don't think anyone's really expecting the Eagles to fall off too much. Just where, where, how, how have the, uh, 
I guess, what's the mood in Philly right now about losing these guys? Well, Howie Roseman did his best to prepare everyone for this. Howie was was saying uh, they have all these free agents and they're not going to be able to keep them. That that that's been the the talking point all the way through. Uh, now, I mean, they've they've lost Hargrave. They obviously lost T.J. Edwards. They lost Marcus Epps. There's going to be you know there's there's going to be more guys coming through here, and it's just the reality of their situation. They they have most of their offensive players locked up. And and I th- I think that's that's a big part of the optimism. But where they go is is draft and develop. You know that the same way they got T.J. Edwards, the same way they got Marcus Epps. Marcus Epps was actually a, a waiver claim, and T.J. Edwards was an undrafted player. But but point being that there's there's you know Nicobe Dean takes over as a starting linebacker for the Eagles. Um, you know they have four picks in the top hundred this year. The Eagles are expecting four comp picks next year. Could have as many as twelve picks overall. So Really, once they pay Jalen Hurts, uh, they're going to have a lot of off seasons like this where they don't have big money to spend in free agency, and they're going to have to draft and develop well. TJ Edwards is thriving as the Eagles' defensive signal caller. That's the headline of your story on him from December. Like off the field, personality wise, I, I know he loves being home in Chicago. I think he already did an interview yeah. on six seventy to score like without a deal being signed like yesterday. So I, I get that excitement, but personality, energy, like what type of player person like personality wise are, are they getting in TJ Edwards? Oh uh, yeah, you're getting a, a guy who can be a, a defensive leader for your team. Um you know gets along with with players throughout the locker room was was used to being you know, I, I, I mean, he was a top player on a Wisconsin team that had T.J. Watt and other high-profile players. So this is this is nothing new for him. And it was probably uh, being like the undrafted guy was probably more uncharacteristic for him, right? You know, having to kind of work his way into into that leadership role. But he was respected in the locker room, and it, and you said it. He he loves Chicago. It's his hometown. Grew up going to Bears games. He, you know, his his dad texted me a photo of him in a Devin Hester jersey, and he's waiting in line to talk to Brian Oerker and, and Lance Briggs. And, you know, he won't need to put House Hall into his Google Maps, right? He'll he'll know exactly where to go. Uh, so he'll he he'll fit right in. I I mean, on a personal level, it's it's a good fit for him uh, because this is it's, it's just a, a natural match. Yeah, I mean, I you know, nine times out of ten, I always say that follow the money in free agency, but this really does kind of sort of feel like one where he, he wanted to come home. He wanted to be a bear and you know, maybe it was the most money in the end anyway, but it certainly, it gives you those vibes. Zach, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We know you're busy uh, with free agency going on and everything. So uh, we want to make sure everyone's following you at Z berm and always appreciate the insight. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks Zach. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, 
maybe with a Hogan Johns pull or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. I appreciate Zach Berman jumping on with us. Actually, there was some news that was uh, breaking towards the end of that, so we had to let him go. (laughs) Looks like the Eagles are signing Rashad Penny. Um, that's how, such that, is that's how life it works, week. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how free agency works. I don't know where you were when the Bears agreed the terms with Tremaine Edmonds, but I was in the school parking lot waiting for oh. my kid to get out of school. That's usually I, how it works for Adam Johns. I was trying to leave CHGO to get home, like I, but I hadn't left the room yet, and then I ended up being there for another extra hour and a half because I wasn't fast enough leaving. Yeah. You Otherwise, I would have been in the car a, coming home. A new linebacker to a deal that big changes a few things? Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably the next guy we should talk about from TJ Edwards to Tremaine Edmonds. Um, we bring in our guy, Joe Biscaglia, who has been on the podcast many times and uh, can break it all down on Tremaine. Now, full disclosure, you talked to him earlier because I was delayed at Northwestern's Pro Day. And wasn't quite home yet uh, because, as you can't already figure out in this podcast, everybody's busy this week. <laughs> busy enough, I was surprised that that many members of the Bears organization were even at Pro Day today. But, uh, you know, there's certain things that got to be done and you got to cram it in a small schedule. So anyway, Johns took care of talking to Joe. And uh, here was the conversation from a little bit earlier. All right, let's get to Joe Buscalia. You've heard him here before. Long-time friend of the show. Great guy to hang out with in Indianapolis, too. Joe, what's going on? Not too much, Adam. Thanks for having me. I, I feel, What is this, like my fourth or fifth appearance on the show? I, I feel like I, I feel like a, a, a wild. We might have to start point. paying you. <laughs> so we'll see you in a year. Um, first question for you. Forget Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds for a second. Sure. We, we've talked about this before in, in pairing, you know, Justin Fields with like a veteran receiver. You've seen it play out there in Buffalo with Stephon Diggs. What was your reaction with the the, Bear, the Bears' big trade with the Panthers for DJ Moore? Oh, I I, uh, I really liked the acquisition of DJ Moore for him specifically because it's so – and now they're surrounding him with talent, which is I know something you guys talked about for – ever last year because what they were trotting out at receiver especially heading into that bills game i remember looking at the at the roster sheet i'm like oh god that that's that's what's happening and they even had claypool at that point so um so yeah getting dj Moore as like a separator you know has kind of had to deal with some crappy quarterback play throughout the past several years and now he gets a chance with a guy who seems to be like burgeoning now it really just depends if the bears can kind of finish the job and you know find the right offensive line pieces to to put in front of him but but yeah it the thing I liked most about it was that they are not allowing any more excuses for Justin Fields it is 
put up or shut up time for him in his third year. And they've, they've invested their faith in him. They punted on drafting a quarterback. So, so yeah, I, I really like the aggressiveness of that, of that move to, to do that and to maximize potentially their, uh, their return in the process. If like, what, what should we look for? Maybe come camp. Like you cover Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like, what should we look for when these two are on the field together come OTAs, come training camp, where you know that chemistry is in a good place almost immediately? What did you see early on with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen? You know what's interesting? The year that they traded for Stephon Diggs was the COVID year. And so they really didn't have much in-person stuff with them. And they actually uh, said that they kind of found a rhythm playing video games together <laughs> and trying to like, you know, get, get a little bit on the same page. I think it was call of duty if I'm not mistaken, but, um, but yeah, that that's how they kind of un- grew to understand one another. And then eventually once they physically were able to throw and catch passes with one another, it just kind of clicked right away for those guys, but definitely the meshing of personality has to be the first and foremost. Um, and because, you know, receivers, Obviously, they want the ball, but they also want to win more than more than anything. And if you are putting your team in in the right position to have some success, then uh, then that trumps stats, or at least it does for Stefan Diggs, which is part of the reason why he's he was a little frustrated uh, at the end of the season because of how flat they played. But um, that being said, that early chemistry. Um, was apparent between those two. It, there really was not much of a a uh, a waiting game for them. I mean, Stefan Diggs' first game just just really came out racing, and that was the year that the Bills' offense became the Bills' offense. And so, um, I don't know if if that is fair to expect, especially because Josh Allen was a bit more of an accomplished passer at that point in his career than where Justin Fields is now. But all the same, you know, establishing that rapport with your number one quickly is going to be so vital for him to get the most out of it and and uh, to try and get them actually on the right trend to become uh, actual winners rather than just thought winners. If you're watching or, or listening, this is your first time hearing Joe. I don't know what's wrong with you. He's been <laughs> on this show a few times. We're kidding uh, off the uh, top here, but... He's our Bills writer at The Athletic. Be sure to check out his stuff. Um, follow him on Twitter at Joe, B-U-S-C-A-G-L-I-A. Got that right, right? Yeah, you don't. You, I, I was just going to say, don't even bother spelling it because it's a stupid <laughs> Italian spelling. And there's a silent G in there. Like I, I get embarrassed about like, oh, so you say it Biscaglia, right? No, actually, I have to correct everyone and say, no, the G is silent because I'm an idiot. Um, but yeah, that... that uh, yeah, I, I'm, well, every I'm time you're on, impressed. I was the one this time. Usually it's Hogue, you know, for the correct pronunciation. Buscalia. You got it. We got it. I see we're pros it's now. It's in the bag. All right, Tremaine Edmonds. Mm-hmm. What are the Bears getting in this linebacker? Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds is someone that I think um, right off the top is pretty misunderstood in what he does on a game-to-game basis. You know, there is a lot of I'm sure you probably saw a bit of the reaction from Bills fans like, good, I'm glad he's gone. But that's not how it was felt in the building with the Bills. They have always been huge supporters of his talent and everything that he brought to their team. And I thought it was especially apparent. And I'm I'm actually surprised because 
you know, for the first four years of Edmund's career, um, there was this constant, um, I guess, fatigue from Bills fans about hearing about Edmund's potential, Edmund's potential, but yet he he didn't deliver uh, interceptions or what they deemed to be game-changing plays. But the Bills were never frustrated with that by any bit. And they always saw that he was already an impact player, just doing it in more subtle ways than what uh, than what you see, you know, on broadcast copy. And I was surprised that fans were kind of out on him this year because it seemed like that kind of started to shift a little bit in 2022. People started to realize the importance of Edmonds, and especially when he had to miss some time this season, how different the Bills' defense was without him, I think was especially um, jaw-dropping for a lot of people. But uh, what he is, I mean, six foot five, 250 pounds, uh, he, the, his ability to impact throws and passing plays without the pass going anywhere near him is not really anything that you can find anywhere else. I mean, his length is ridiculous. Um, I know someone in the Bills organization called him a condor at one point. Like, like the the guy is just, it, he's so difficult to throw over in zone defense. Um, and he also has the athleticism and the fluidity to to really stick with a lot of tight ends and running backs and to change direction on the drop of a hat to get back to where he needs to be in zone. He's developed a lot as a blitzer throughout his time. His, his run defending is probably the, um, is probably where he lacks the most, but in today's NFL, you want pass coverage, pass coverage. And even that he has gotten better at tackles for loss have improved, and his ability to to read a, a play and know where it's going and then having the speed to get there has also improved. The block shedding is probably his biggest weakness at this point, but that has even improved to where it was as a rookie. So all in all, the Bears are getting an, an absolute uh, top 10, top 5, top somewhere between the top 5 and 10 inside linebacker in today's NFL. And it's a, it's a heavy price tag, don't get me wrong, um, but on the field, if you watch the film and you see how many times he impacts the play, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I, I can see it. But I just I just will warn Bears fans to not take the bait and be like, he's not making interceptions. He's not causing fumbles. He's not doing any of those things. He just does things a lot more subtly. And it goes noticed by NFL types um, and kind of goes under the radar by those that don't, you know, put the, put the glasses on and, and really watch the film on him. So the debate in Chicago right now is he the is he the Mike is he the Will? There's been a lot of focus on the Will because that was the spot Roquan Smith was supposed to fill, didn't fill it well enough. And now you have Tremaine Edmonds, same draft class, just what ten picks after him, something like that, same draft year, and now he's getting the big contract that Roquan Smith didn't get um, from the Bears. Eventually got a bigger one from the Ravens. Um, I'm curious, how did the like, take us through the, the Bills linebackers, like how they played off each other, the roles, especially with Matt Milano, him and Edmonds. Yeah, they, they often say it's interchangeable, but anytime you ask Sean McDermott about it, they always are very eager to delineate between their outside linebacker and their middle linebacker. Um, they The Bills have basically over the last two years have punted on having a third linebacker on the field at all times. They've, they've just gone nickel as their base basically 
any time that a, that a team doesn't put three tight ends and a fullback on the field yeah. to go up against them. And and so basically Edmonds has been the middle linebacker in Buffalo from the first day they gave him his helmet. Um, and it, it was taken every single snap in practice. There was never any debate as to who would be starting um, at right there from his rookie season, right through the end of 2022. Um, you know, occasionally he would shift into Milano's responsibilities if if there was some late motion or something like that. But more often than not, it was uh, Edmonds being the guy in the middle, their captain on defense, um, their overall leader. Like you even see some of the one of the the Bills defenders um, on Twitter after he signed his deal, Daquan Jones, uh, tweeted at Tremaine Edmonds and said, "Thanks for the the leadership, big dog, or whatever the heck he he called him." Uh, so he was, and he kind of um, grew into that leadership role when he first came to Buffalo. Kind of a a quieter guy found his voice as the years went along. Still a quiet guy, you know. He's not going to say uh, say too much in front of a camera or in front of a microphone or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, he, they had, they entrusted him with a lot of responsibilities. It's a role in a, in a defense that was made famous by Luke Keekley and they tasked him with that role for quite a long time. And, and they were very impressed by it. And, and if the money was right and they weren't in such cap trouble, I'm sure they would have loved to have keep him, kept him, but you know that 18 million per year was just a little bit too rich for their blood for where they are as a franchise right now, and that's ultimately why uh, they had to pass on on bringing him back. Yeah, I was going to ask you where where the Bills are organizationally, because I, I think some of these good teams, like look at the Eagles, the Bears got T.J. Edwards as well, their their linebacker. But some of these better teams seem to be having some some cap problems. So so let me pivot there because I love the McDermott comparison because now you're bringing it back to Ron Rivera which is brings it back to the Bears and Lovey Smith because Rivera was here that that big guy down the middle who can run down the seam in you know I, I, we, we picture Brian Urlacher doing that right like ha- having that those big long arms so Edmonds can deliver that how did he maybe get better this season can we safely say that 2022 like was his his best year was it the pass coverage was it getting in those throwing lanes? Like, how did he become this valuable on the free agent market? I should say. Well, I think the Roquan Smith deal, deal definitely helped <laughs> some things yeah. in getting him eighteen million a year. Uh, I think it's probably a combination of of his age because he's still only turning twenty five, and this is a this is a a fact that elicits an eye roll from every single Bills fan because every time Edmonds was brought up, they'd be like, "Oh my God, what is he like? Twenty years old now?" Or twenty five? Right? He's not even twenty six. I know he's he's turning twenty five on May second, um, and so he's got plenty of years left in his prime. So I think that probably contributed to it. And where he improved the most, I felt from this past year, was his overall decisiveness. Uh, against the run and in pass coverage he's always been rock solid and he has always been a headache to um to throw over for any quarterback that's that's trying to go over the middle against him i mean i remember back in i think it was 2021 i did this story uh, you know kind of reflecting on why the the fan i guess um the overall fan concept of him was so far different from 
what the Bills felt about him. And just talking with with people inside the organization, like Leslie Frazier saying, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, you know, and the peers around my peers around the league uh, all say the same thing about Tremaine, that he's just this tremendously talented player. And Josh Allen, even for in that story, was like, it is so difficult to throw over him. It is it is an outright headache to do it. And I feel like that should be taken with a lot of weight. Because he is a quarterback, a successful quarterback in the league, and has to go up against Tremaine Edmonds every single day, or at least he had to for five years. So that ability has been rock solid. But I will say where he has grown the most, like I said, run defending, um, getting off blocks a bit better, using his hands and getting off blocks a, a bit better was was a big teaching point for him throughout his five years in Buffalo. And then on top of that, you know, I think just being more decisive and getting to the line of scrimmage and and creating more tackle for losses situations, or even just you know siphoning the runner somewhere else because of his read initially on the play that uh, that has grown with time. So so yeah, he's definitely ascending, and I do think there's a bit more room to grow. I don't know how much, but you know, I think there could be one of these seasons where he is around the ball a, quite a bit. And I would not be shocked if one of these years he he pops with like a four or five interception season. Joe, thank you as always. Maybe we'll bug you again in, <laughs> in the summer when we see Justin Fields throw his first touchdown pass to DJ Moore. We need yeah. more comparisons. <laughs> yeah, All the comparisons I'll, I'll be, to Josh be, Allen, the better. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to that. You know, Justin Fields is one of the most intriguing quarterbacks uh, in the league to me. And, and, you know, I'll be keeping a close eye. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Adam, it's always great catching up with Joe. Love hanging out with him at the Combine. Um, I'm curious for, for for your thoughts on how they're going to start out this linebacker stuff because yeah. Joe is convinced that Tremaine Edmonds is the Bears' mic. I think I'm, I'm with that now. Zach is convinced that TJ Edwards – can successfully fill that weak side role that will. I don't I don't know if we're just obsessing over this too much, but your thoughts on Edmonds being the Mike, Edwards being the Will. You know how many times I'm gonna screw their names up, by the way? It's, Edmonds it's and Edwards. <laughs> it's they had to sign two guys that almost have the same last name. Um yeah, I think that's I think that's what's gonna end up happening here. I think Tremaine Edmonds is gonna be the Mike, and I and I think TJ Edwards is gonna be the Will. And I and I wonder if we've all been somewhat guilty of falling into um, just maybe overrating the importance of the will. And I don't even want to say it that way, but we've heard so much about how important of a position that is in Matt Eberflus's defense, and yet we all lived the Lovey Smith era. We all saw in this defense the Mike and the Will. And the Bears had two great ones together, but which one was the better one? The first the Hall ballot of Famer. Hall of Famer who played the mic, who got paid more money. The first ballot Hall of Famer who played the mic. So, who's probably showing up on your YouTube video right now with a hair commercial? The mic. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, so I, I, I think it's okay. My first reaction yesterday was to sort of follow the money and be like, "Oh, they're gonna the put Tremaine Edmonds at the will because he's." getting the big contract, but really I, I, I think this is how it's going to go with Edmonds at the mic and Edwards at the will. Um, 
got you heard a little bit from Zach Berman earlier, but also got some more insight too. Myself that Edwards has moved around in that defense, and I, I think I think we'll be fine there. But it is an interesting situation, and I I said this earlier today, and I'll say it again. Like I just did not wake up yesterday thinking that Jack Sanborn was going to be in a position where he's only playing a third of the snaps, and that's how this thing's played out. But maybe this is a situation like you heard Berman say earlier, where they the Eagles kept trying to. Sign guys to outperform TJ Edwards. It just never happened. So maybe that's what life's going to be like for Jack Sanborn. <laughs> the, the comparison or the the connection that Joe made between basically Edmonds to McDermott to Ron Rivera, which you can trace back to Lovey Smith, like the Luke Keekley comparisons, having that that Uber athlete in the middle with the range and the arms. Maybe they should unretire 54. I, I, I'm kidding, of course, but but like I, you could see what appeals to having a guy of the size, of the speed, and just really all of the above in Edmonds and playing the middle, like roaming the middle, and having Edwards being your instinctual player who can read and react on like the weak side. And, and we are guilty of, like they're in sub-packages so much, that really things change on the fly. But if if I had to like overanalyze our analysis of the will position, I blame the Bears. I'll blame the Bears. <laughs> you moved Roquan Smith there. And you made us all focus on it. Yeah, I mean, that's, he wasn't a fit. That, you traded him. He's at the Ravens now with twenty million bucks a year. So it's your fault, Matt Eberflus. Well, and that's what's a. I don't know if we're ever going to get a really a resolution on the Ro- Roquan Smith thing, but I. I always felt like he was going to be better off at the mic in this defense. and But that's not the way they roll with it. And, you know, you, you can't change that now. Um, so he's on the Ravens. And I think the good thing is, like, you just look at it from the business standpoint. The Bears got two starters for the price of one, essentially, and a second-round pick. And I think they're two good starters, and I think it's going to be very interesting to to, um, to watch it all play out. But that's sort of the direction I think it's going to go. And, um, I mean, now they just got to figure out how to keep the blockers off them because they still need defensive linemen, at least as we're <laughs> yeah. recording this. Are you saying that DeMarcus Walker is not going to be enough? I don't think DeMarcus Walker is going to be enough. Uh, probably not, as Vic Fangio would say. Um, yeah. To go over that money real quick, if if you know, if you want to know what we're talking about, uh, probably not. There it is. Tremaine Edmonds, his cap hit is fourteen point six seven eight million. T.J. Edwards is five million. He heard us mention Roquan Smith being at twenty million dollars a year. So those are the numbers there. You have D.J. Moore. There you go. Premier position, premium position. Twenty million point one six five cap hit. Nate Davis, the new guard, new starting right guard. At nearly seven million cap hit, Demarcus Walker, the aforementioned Demarcus Walker, with a six point four one six million cap hit. So, keeping those books in order, some of them go up next year, but you still got Justin Fields on his rookie deal in twenty twenty four. But for this season, Bears books are still good. Yeah, plenty of room, and always more to play with if you have to. So, um, yeah, I mean, you see the flexibility. They're not really in a position where they need to even be cutting veterans. Um, you know, 
Today, uh, Eddie Jackson was being honored with the Ed Block Courage Award in on a different roster at a different time. He may have been a cap casualty. I know there's been some talk about Cody Whitehair. I don't see the need to rush into a decision like that. Another team captain and just let him loose. The Bears have the flexibility, and I think he's still a valuable player, and I don't think the Bears are going to. I think they're going to keep Cody Whitehair around. So, um, yeah, it's Bears still in a position of strength and power, which uh, Ryan Poles took care of with the with the trade on Friday, taking advantage of, of a situation that was gifted to him, and uh, and I think it paid off. I know we got to go here really soon, but at least with, with Walker, let's not view him as just some right defensive end or left defensive end. If you look at what he did last year with the Titans, he played all over mm-hmm. that defensive line for him, did a lot of different things. I think he's he might be better off as an inside pass rusher, maybe paired with Justin Jones or a draft pick to be named later if you want different types of pass rush threats out there. Yeah, and I think there's value to that. I just, at some point, they have to get that multiplier. You know, if you're going to have, if if you're going to have guys like Demarcus Walker and Justin Jones out there, and Justin Jones did grade out as a lower end starter for me last year. He was a starter, but you have to have that guy who's more than just a starter or that blue chip player that multiplies the rest of the line. Otherwise, it's just not going to be dynamic enough. Yeah. So but those it, those players come through the draft. Yeah. In most cases are not like if you're adding them, you're drafting them. Yeah. You're not paying what the Marcus Walker got to be a ten sack guy. You got rotational right. money. You got good money for a guy who had a cheap deal last year with the Titans, but he's a rotational piece. Or even gambling with a contract with like Draymond Jones got, who's a good player, but obviously they didn't view him as uh you know pretty much what I just said, that multiplier, the guy who could do it on his own and make everyone else better, they obviously, or they would have paid him that much money. So it's... Do you know had more sacks than Draymond Jones last year? Quan Brisker? No, almost. Demarcus Walker. Ah, yes, he did. Yeah, he did. He had seven. And what, Draymond Jones had four and a half? I thought it was six. Six and a half? I could be wrong. Quan See, I already forgot. He's on a different team. I already forgot. But it's the same thing with like Mike McGlinchey. Like I, I think that the Nate Davis signing might go down as the Bears' best. Really? Yeah. Starting okay. right guard, experienced in zone-heavy schemes, play-action stuff, coming from the Titans. So that helps almost initially. And you're not paying market-setting prices like the Broncos gave Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. I think it was smart for the Bears to stay out of that. And I think that's one thing Poles has done. Set your price, rely on their numbers. It's almost like setting a draft board. And then just stay organized and follow that in free agency. And and stick them. with it. Like, trust yeah. your process. Right. So, all right. Well, uh, a busy day, and we crammed a lot here into hopefully what was a, uh, a fun podcast for you guys to listen to. Sorry, it's a little bit later than we normally would have had it out, but uh, there's just a lot going on right now. And a lot a of different day. places to be. So we'll be back Thursday with more. And uh, you know, maybe there'll be another move or two, but uh, there'll still be plenty more to break down from these moves as well. So we will uh, we'll have that for you coming up on Thursday. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read 
everything at uh, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, all of the great work that Kevin Fishbane and Adam Johns are putting out. And I'll have a new newsletter out to CHGO diehards tomorrow morning. Uh, that'll be in your inbox and also available at allchgo.com, which is where you can go to sign up to be a diehard if you're not already. All right, uh, we're out of here. We'll talk to you later in the week. See ya. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um,